We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, Mavs friends. It's Kirkson and Josh Bow coming to you on Thursday night at a normal human hour. We're getting to record. Just minutes after the Mavericks walk away with a 115-105 victory over the Detroit Sins. Josh, how are you? I'm mad, but I'm trying I'm trying to stay calm and cool because I feel like in three or four days we're not gonna think about this game anymore. And so I'm trying not to waste a lot of energy on it. Sure. Um but you know me, I try to, you know, I tweet less during games. I do not I do not try to have meltdowns about bad Mavs games as much as I used to maybe four or five, six years ago. Um, but man, if there was ever one to have it, I mean, this one just... I'm glad they won. Yes, I am. So that's why I'm trying to, trying to taper that a little bit. But I'm very, there's a lot, I'm very upset and disappointed about this game. Uh, despite the fact that the Mavericks won. So it's a weird, it's a weird emotion. So where do we start? Because I think I have an idea of where people would think we'll start. And I know it's going to be the first thing that happens when I do the post-game locker room after this. But I sort of want to start with the overall challenge we have discussing this team, because the Mavericks insist they are one thing. And, and the reality presents us with something else. Now, they're eight games over 500. But what I mean by this is that the Mavericks built a team that, in order to succeed, requires a lot of boxes to be checked before the game even starts. And when they aren't, the games are just a struggle. And 
you know, I'm I, I find myself frustrated. I was really dispassionate most of that game because that game went about exactly what I expected. I I want to to highlight before we get too far ahead of this. This game is why the Mavericks are going to pay Tim Hardaway Jr. to the people who don't understand. Yeah. They do not have a guy. There is not a guy on the free agency uh, uh, a block who can score 42 points and no. really just look like a microwave. So so let's just get that out of the way. He was outstanding. He was why the Mavericks won. He was the only reason why the Mavericks won is the rest yes. of the roster can really just go to hell as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Because they were a lot like the rest of the roster was some variation of terrible. It was very, very insane. So, yeah, that was a herky, and it was pretty nuts. Like the fourth quarter, it was there was no secret. Like it was basically just give him the ball, and he got a shot up and and made it. I think what we he scored seventeen straight points in the fourth quarter, like seventeen, pretty awesome. I mean, he. <laughs> One of the most not I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a non-Luca player since Luca's been drafted single-handedly drag this team this team to a win. And for Tim, this is not even I mean obviously having a huge explosion is not the norm for him in terms of like scoring forty plus points, but I mean he routinely bails this team out of crappy, crappy losses with like he'll check into the game and he'll score like six or seven points in two minutes. And a eight point or six point lead is all of a sudden like a Mavs two point lead, and the game is kind of back in the right balance. Like, it, I, I'm just as someone who did not expect this guy to be on the roster very much, very long when he got traded uh, to the Mavericks. I mean, it is it is preposterous to think about where this team would be if he was not doing what he was doing. I mean, he is. He is so crucial to this thing, and I think tonight really, really showed why. Yeah, the further you get along, the more, and it, 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 and I almost mean this seriously to this point, it's more the Tim Hardaway Jr. than it is the Chris Stapps Porzingis trade, because Chris Stapps Porzingis doesn't play enough. He's missed almost half of his Mavs games. I'm sorry, that's a fact. And it, it's it's just a little frustrating. And I, I just, I, I think my overarching problem is that the Mavericks should have just, even with who was missing, even with Lucas sitting, even with Porzingis to the bench and only playing 21 minutes and really being, you know, a step up from terrible, they should have beat the crap out of this team because the Pistons were sitting a huge portion of their roster. They got blown off the floor by guys, you know, a bunch of dudes that I didn't even know who some were. And I'm pretty into the NBA where it's just like Frank Jackson, I know he is obviously, but it's just like you, you look at these guys and they're a step-up G League roster, meaning the Pistons. And the Mavericks had a hard time with it. And I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, I mean, like, there's definitely like a sense of like, hey, they didn't have Luka, they're going to struggle. And I get that. But, like, this is maybe the worst lineup uh, lineup the Mavericks will ever play against in a long time. I mean, this was the worst basketball lineup I think I've seen in the NBA since the process 76ers. Um no disrespect to you know some of the young guys on this team who could be really good NBA players like Isaiah Stewart, I kind of and Sadiq Bay, and right. um, and Killian Hayes might have something you know. He, but the he jury's was still out. Yeah, and terrible, but, and they still kept they still kept they, in it. They started what they started three for they started three rookies, Josh Jackson, and then their first round pick from last year. Um, that, I mean, like you said, this Mavericks team, even as limited as it was. 
this shouldn't have been close. Um, it's embarrassing that it was this close. The team should be embarrassed. Um, they should be thanking Tim and the lot. Every player should be going up to Tim and be like, man, thanks for saving our asses. Uh, they should take this personal. Um, and I know, like I said, I'm, this is probably an overreaction to one regular season game uh, in, a, in a really crazy season. And the Mavericks are season high eight games above 500. But man, like the thing that drove me nuts, uh, and this is why I think I'm, I'm getting so mad about this, is that the Pistons shot 10 of 29 from three um they shot 50 percent, 36 of 71 overall um you know i'm not good at math but that's clearly the pistons destroyed the mavericks inside the three-point line which is not this is this wasn't like fluky like you know when you play a bad team that that keeps it close or upsets you usually the common theme is well they had an outlier shooting night from three and that just happens that didn't happen what happened was every single Mavericks player was getting beat on straight line drives and the Mavericks were getting dominated at the rim by a team of basically rookies uh, and like G League flots, like uh, roster uh, wannabes and things like, like, I mean, it was yep. just like, if, if these, if these guys were bombing away from three, I wouldn't get so mad, but they lived at the rim and you got to have some pride. I mean, there's no defensive scheme. There's no tactic strategy that you change like you just got to stay in front of your guy and they didn't for most of this game um and they're lucky the pistons fouled tim hardaway jr on two consecutive three-point attempts they're lucky the pistons missed 11 free throws um so as far as i'm concerned in my head this is like a loss um because that's just that's not good enough and i know this is the common theme that this team gets up to play good teams and really just struggles against poor teams but this is like, at least the Kings have like Buddy Heald and Darren Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. Like this is, I can't further emphasize how bad a team the Mavericks played tonight and how bad they looked for 75% of this game. And to me, that's just unacceptable. I know we're going to move past it. They're going to play, you know, they're going to probably maybe string off a couple more wins and then people won't think about it. But man, it just, did all the factors combined just really pushed all my buttons and i don't know what it is but it just it got me man this game, this game got me well and i i completely understand why because i i was of all people i was the calm one because i'm just kind of watching game i honestly expected them to lose and the fact that they escaped was pretty incredible but the thing that i kind of keep circling back to and i'm if anybody hears any background noise i have a hundred pound dog that is stalking me and normally by this point in the evening he has passed out but he's like "Ooh, it's playtime." Uh, he 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 was you know, but my dog is a lot more active on defense than the Mav were, and it, you, you kind of what I talked about earlier about um, just being you know just so frustrated and disappointed is the Mavericks seem to think they are in a better position as a team than they really are. Where you, you just kind of go through and look at this roster, Dylan Brunson didn't have a great shooting night. Okay, you know Trey Burke is, is you know we got the good Trey Burke game. Like, like that's too much Trey Burke. We've had three games in a row of Trey Burke. To expect this level of, of to expect this level of behavior is it's just it's not gonna keep to go on where Trey Trey Burke's gonna play outstanding. And you know I just don't you know, you tweeted about how this team may need like the, the front office, the people involved may need to do some soul searching. I agree. Um, because they've almost lost to the Pistons twice. They've lost a number of these slower-paced games. And, you know, Luka can take responsibility for some of the games, and he should because he's not been good enough. But when he doesn't play against Knight and they have this roster 
of guys that, that simply need to play better. You know, we've had our umpteenth terrible Josh Rizzin performance. That man is how he continues to get minutes has to come out of necessity. Like he is bad. It's no he's, longer funny. He is bad. He's and cooked. It's, it's not, and it's it's like upsetting kind of bad. It's not like, oh man, you know, he's going to shake out of it the way we know Hardaway is. Like every time Josh Richardson takes a shot, every time he take, makes a move, every time he makes a defensive play, he looks like a man who doesn't know where he is. And he's just one of kind of like, the, the Mavericks built a team that links together and builds on top of each other. And he was a pretty important part that is simply not good enough. And it's very, it, it, if anything, it's just really disappointing, I think, is how I would how I would phrase a lot of this. Because I'm not sure, I'm not sure what they do other than, you know, make it through the rest of the season. Yeah, and also for all the people, you know, the people that we, you know, Philadelphia people that we knew and, and Miami people that we knew, that we talked to, that said, you know, they're, hey, there's some red flags with Richardson, you know, you know, maybe pump the brakes a little bit, you know, he, they, you know, be excited, but here are some concerns. Even if you were pessimistic about how good he could be with the Mavericks, this is like an outlier, terrible season for him. Um, you just look at his numbers and the three point shooting is outrageous. Uh, I think he's at 31.6% going into this game. Don't know what it is after it, but he actually hit two out of three. So maybe it bumped up a little, like a, like a smidge, but, uh, he's shooting 41% from the field and 29% from three in April. Uh, he had a corner three uh, early in the game. I don't know if you saw it, Kirk, that he got the pass and he kind of didn't expect to be wide open. Uh, and he kind of hesitated and none of the Pistons ran out because they're just like, they were just like, ah, well, he's open. Just let him shoot. He basically had like 10 se- you know, it felt like 10 seconds to load up and shoot a wide open shot with no one in front of him. And I mean, the ball barely made it to the rim. I mean, it, he missed under, he missed short on a corner three, uh, it hit like under the rim. And I was just like, man, like it's, it's getting to the point where I don't know what he can do to, to pull himself out of it. He's had like a handful of okay games this month. You know, he had that Utah game where he made a bunch of threes. Uh, he had the Spurs game where he looked okay. He looked okay in the Knicks game. Um, two of those games were losses, funny enough. Uh, but I mean, he's supposed to be your third best player before the season started or fourth best player. And like, that's not there. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's upsetting. You know, he should be better. You know, this is just, I don't know what else to say. (laughs) It's just, well, before we get to the main course, I do think we have to, I would love to give a little bit of praise to the fretnik strange energy of Josh green. Um, I, if anything, I thought Carl needed to play him more because the team just looked like they needed an injection of something to get going. I he you know he's not very good, but at least he plays hard, and I can't say that about the rest of the Mavericks at all times, you know. So I just want to at least mention him. And I think he made the best pass of the night out to Maxi Kleba for a corner three. It looked really mm, looked yeah. really good. Uh, so. I mean, what, the last two times we've seen him on a basketball court, he's looked markably better than the previous times we saw him. So, Pretty important. Yeah, I mean, string together some good appearances is really important for him. Uh, and we'll see what we'll see what happens. Yep. Well, but, and then before yeah. we close out, I think we need we, – we have to talk about Porzingis. 
Played yeah. 21 uneventful minutes. He had, was 5 of 11 from the floor for and had 11 points, um, zero free throws, and a single rebound. And I have a well-earned reputation of being very hard on Chris Depps for Zingas because I expect a max player to perform like a max player. I know it's a really strange concept. A huge chunk of our fan base and a huge chunk of Chris Depps for Zingas fanboys really really have a hard time with um you know there was some discussion oh well he probably missed some time because let's be clear an ankle sprain doing anything on a seven foot three body particularly that many lower body injuries you got to be careful you really got to be careful um that said he moved like a guy who didn't give a shit not like a guy who was injured what do you think yeah i mean that was that's part of the reason why the Pistons did so well at the rim, right? I mean, he was just not, he was not a presence at all defensively. Um, I don't know what it was, but I mean, Isaiah Stewart is floating in jump hooks in his, and, you know, right in front of him, like in the paint. And I'm just like, man, what are we, what are we doing here? I had a couple of specialties where he would not leave a three-point shooter in the corner to rotate over and, and guard the rim. Uh, he had a really bad sequence where uh, Isaiah Stewart scored over him in the paint. Uh, he came back on the other end. Stewart blocked him point blank range, and Przingis kind of stumbled after it uh, after that, like during the attempt. So he couldn't. He didn't get back down the court, and the Pistons hit a three. And it was it was pretty rough. He had a nice little spurt to start the third quarter offensively. Uh, not hit, you know, didn't really hit a lot of threes, but he had a couple of good good makes inside uh, inside the arc which kind of salvaged his night because yeah. before that it was, it was looking really bleak. Um, and yeah, we kind of, you know, is talk our, our guy who's been doing these really big, deep analytical dives uh, into this team. I mean, wrote about exactly, you know, with Luca and KP, the defense is just not, it's just not there. Uh, and he tried to look into that and yeah, some of, you know, some of it's, some of it's Luca and yeah, some of it's KP because he has to be, he has to be like an elite rim defender for this yeah. thing to work. Because uh, if he's right. not, he's not chasing guys, you know, outside the paint. You know, like he, that's his job. He's not someone who's going to guard stretch fours. He's not going to be a guy that switches. Um, he has to be in the paint and guard the rim and, and make an impact. So when a bad Detroit roster uh, lives in the lane, you know, some of that's on him. Of course, we get back to the thing I've been saying for a while that, you know, if you keep you keep getting beat one-on-one off the perimeter. Uh, even if you have 2011 Tyson Chandler back there, you're going to give up a lot of baskets or a lot of points. Uh, so that needs to be fixed too. But I know we're well, probably going to go there. Go ahead. There's a, there's a discussion to be had about whether it's fair to Porzingis to ask him to anchor this much of the defense if he's not really capable. But there is a line between what his effort level is and the constant excuse making. I get it, guys. I get that he's hurt. I do. But if he's hurt, don't play it all or play harder. Don't play half-assed. 21 points or 20 minutes with one rebound is hard to do at, at his height. And I I want to, you know, give the bit of the doubt with an ankle sprain, but, you know, he didn't hurt it that bad. <laughs> Sorry, I I don't know. Maybe it. it I, I'm willing to give them the. But he had time off. Is is I guess what I'm saying. So if they felt like he was comfortable enough to play, then he needs to play with a bit of urgency. 
And even Car- like he got pulled off the floor after that that streak that you talked about where he he mid dunk and then jogged back on defense. Like that's an effort, you know, the the decision to jog back on defense effort thing. And they pulled him out of the game. And if you're reading the post game quotes, he doesn't seem to indicate that his knee was hurting. So whatever's going on there, it's just another thing with him. That I suppose is probably the bigger challenge in terms of, of really, you know, trying to be positive about KP and the Mavs defense overall is that if they rely on him to do a bunch and he just can't physically do it or just doesn't want to do it, it makes this whole endeavor very difficult. Or just can't be on the floor to do it. Um, sure. I mean, come on, man. He's out of the game with right knee soreness. Like, are we going to go through this again where he misses eight games in a row and every game it's like, uh, he's game time decision and then he doesn't play and then he warms up and then he has a setback. Like, I mean, it's not his fault that he gets hurt like this. I mean, you know, he's no, not, not you at know, all. He it's wants very, to play. Yeah, he wants to play. Uh, but man, you just we're two seasons now with Kristaps, and he cannot. He just we'll have to wait and see with this knee thing. You know, maybe it is it was precautionary because of the opponent. Uh, and maybe he plays the next game. We'll see. But like, if this right knee soreness is another like, hey, he misses like another five games or like if he misses some more time like we got to talk about like he he bar- he played basically half a season last year if that uh and then he's gonna play like another half season and he basically kind of did that in new york like you have to have the discussion like it's ev- every li- literally every single year there is something that keeps him off the floor for a lot of games and right you right at, at a certain point when do you when do you look at it and be like Oh well, it's going to change. Like these entries. Well, stuff, I've been past that point. Everybody I know. who's listening knows that I'm past. And like this, to me, it, it's an instance of of we're in for a penny and in for a pound, and there's not really much to be done about the injury portion of it. So I'm just, I'm not over talking about it because it matters, but I, I think I'm over being mad about things that are beyond his control. I will say that that just the effort related stuff stands out and people that argue otherwise, I'm not sure what you're watching. And, you know, like is talks post today, detailed breakdown, cut out a lot of the garbage time stuff. It is a combination of Luca and Porzingis not being good enough together. Let me be clear on that. Not good enough on defense together, despite being unbelievable on offense. But just like how the offense tilts towards Luca being the star, on the defensive end, more is needed and expected of Porzingis. And if the Mavericks, if he can't give that to the Mavericks, then it's up to them to figure out how to do something different. Because these parade of the rim from dudes who I don't know that are like yeah, NBA man. creative players <laughs> can't continue. It no. can't continue. No. It can't. And that's that's the thing. Yeah, like I'm going to keep – banging that drum that if these were like outlier three-point shooting performances i would not be this mad but you cannot let a team like this detroit roster that they played tonight uh yeah do do what they did like there has to be like a like a pride thing like uh, there's got to be like you got to mark a line in the stand and be like hey we have like this has to stop you know and uh i don't know maybe maybe they maybe they're trying maybe they're trying to and they just can't maybe you know i mean who, who knows? I mean, this isn't necessarily, you know, without Dorian Finney-Smith, who, you know, we both have 
talked about is they already asked too much of him on defense, but you know, we don't necessarily consider Powell a good defender as good as Hardaway is. We don't really consider him a good defender. You know, Brunson is a backup that we don't, you know, you, you don't expect him to give you 33 minutes of above average defense. Right. It was basically Maxi, Josh and uh, Dorian. If KP's not going to be effective and maybe Willie Cauley Stein when he's, when he's locked in, but you know, maybe that's it. Maybe it's, they are trying and they do understand and they are talking about this, but they just don't have the guys to do it. I don't, which is a little frightening. Yeah, and well, that's the final game of April. Um, we're closing <laughs> out a, a, a gangbusters month um, overall where, uh, you know, here at Mavs Moneyball, we uh, had a ton of listens, a ton of downloads. If you could continue to um, like and subscribe, we would we would really appreciate it. Uh, we have a, a back-to-back coming up with uh, the Wizards, which looks, looked easy on paper a month ago and is no longer easy. <laughs> uh, they, they go Wizards and then they go Sacramento. So before we head on out of here, do you, do you got anything else for, for the people? No, I think that's it. Uh, sorry for being such a downer after a, a Mavericks win, but man, I just kind of no, had to expunge that. I just, no, you're was... not. Are you kidding? When you're like the fact that you're not grumpy like me all the time makes it makes people hear you a little more. And the, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are going to be surprised that I'm not really super fired up about it. I know we can It's just. I, I think we kind of roll reverse tonight. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that I can't, the locker room, um, which for everybody, this is kind of my plan moving forward. So as I don't overload your feed, uh, we will post during the season, unless we have special one-off episodes for the rest of the way, what we'll do is we'll do post-game and locker room bind when there's a back-to-back. And then we will do post-game and then locker room later the next day uh, in feeds for anyone who is interested in that uh, on, on kind of off days, just to kind of peer out, you know, the content a little more, let you have more Mavs things to listen to. We know you guys have choice and optionality whenever you're in the Mavs stuff. There's a lot of great podcasts out of there. Uh, we appreciate your support. This has been a banner month for us. We crossed another threshold, um, which I'm pretty excited about. And, uh, you know, we will be back uh, here in a couple of days. So this has uh, been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow with Mavs Middle. After Dark, and we will talk to you in a few. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.